Hello and welcome to Media Canvas, a show in which I consume a piece of media and then I review it. I finished my series I was planning to do the review on last month, and then took the time to sit on it and see where my final thoughts are. As a fan of pre-Disney Expanded Universe Star Wars books, comics, video games, etc., there was a lot of excitement I had for getting a series focusing focusing on a Mandalorian bounty hunter, even knowing and understanding where the Mandalorians were after the events of Clone Wars, the animated series, which should clue you in on that I am reviewing The Mandalorian. Taking the final couple of weeks for my thoughts to settle was important to my final thoughts. Going over the plotline without spoilers is hard, but I'll do my best. To start off, when the series was announced, I expected a set of one-off episodes where the Mandalorian would receive a bounty and then we would get the process of bringing the bounty in, by locating the bounties, planning to get the bounty out of a fortress or from a remote planet with great defenses, etc. And this is what it first felt like, with a nice call back to the space westernish feel we had in Star Wars A New Hope. Then it quickly dove right into a protect the infant storyline for reasons. Honestly, it doesn't make any sense to me why the Mandalorian decided to protect Grogu. I suppose it could be because the Mandalorian our primary character, was rescued as a child by the Mandalorian people and is referred to as a foundling, someone who wasn't born to Mandalorian culture but became part of the culture. Sure, Grogu, the creature everyone refers to as Baby Yoda, is a Force user, but the Mandalorian doesn't know that when he decides against turning the bounty in. The first... Season's plot revolves exclusively around running away from the remnants of the Empire to protect Grogu. Without much else to it. Upon the apparent success of the Season 1 mission, Season 2 shifts to a search for more Mandalorians to reconnect with his culture that he's been adopted into before it dives into a search for a Jedi to bring Grogu to, which again feels arbitrary at best. I don't know why there's a take Grogu to the Jedi because he's a force user. At this point in Star Wars canon, Jedi are legends. They Most people don't view them as having a, you know, a, a ancient religion, a out-of-touch, out-of-date thing with the Force. Perhaps the desire for an expanded universe story, like was told in the books that are no longer considered canon, is what drove many people's enjoyment of this series. That and a puppet most people considered to be cute. Though I really did enjoy moments in the second season that gave us live-action cameos of characters from Clone Wars, the animated series, 
I never really felt compelled to watch the story other than the fact that it was Star Wars. As far as our acting goes, Pedro Pascal is a fantastic actor as the Mandalorian. Wearing a helmet that covers his face, he's able to make fantastic use of his body language and uh, tone of voice in order to show emotion and all of that. This is something that I had never thought about an actor needing to do, but he does it very well. There are a variety of other characters popping in and out at different points in the story, most notably the ones I mentioned before from the Clone Wars animated series, and some of them stood out extremely memorably as a good translation from the Clone Wars animated series to live action, and some of the performances, well, not memorable in that way or just in their acting, uh, none of them were disappointing. I was happy with acting across the board in the series. Now, when we talk about acting, it would be easy to ignore the effects that come from the use of puppetry that is done very well here. A acting as a puppeteer using a puppet is a talent in its own. In our modern era, we rely so much on CGI for our special effects, which isn't wrong. It also makes us forget how masterfully puppeteers can act through the puppet. There are a few weird moments where, you know, it's that is a puppet. But that's almost to be accepted. Even when you look at something like The Dark Crystal, a Jem Henson production that uses puppets across the board, it's so well done that you feel drawn into it. Even when there are the moments of that's a puppet. The nice thing also about puppetry over a CGI, the actors who are there have someone or something to act across from that makes, to me at least, feel like a better performance overall compared to when they're just acting against a green ball that will be, here's where you need to put your eyes for the CGI monster we will put in post. None of that is to say that CGI is wrong but there is something in the effects of puppetry that I hadn't realized I had missed. The Mandalorian definitely catered to fans of Star Wars as a whole, with the choices they made, especially when it came to bringing in characters from the Clone Wars animated series that we had seen before, and a certain bounty hunter from the original trilogy that... Uh, get into in a bit. Ultimately, I think the series played strongly into the desires of fans after the most recent movie trilogy disappointed many, if not most of them. I personally feel like they're okay movies in Star Wars, but they don't stand out to me the way the original trilogy did or the expanded canon stuff from the books and so on. That created a hype that made people want to enjoy it more 
than they actually did. And then they felt compelled to continue with it. For me, Mandalorian was good enough to remind me why I'm a Star Wars fan. And sometimes that's all someone can hope for. So at the end of the day, Mandalorian only gets a two out of five. And a promise to review the book of Boba Fett, our bounty hunter from the original trilogy that they bring in on season two and do some things with. And since they're intrinsically tied together with the story due to choices they made with the book of Boba Fett, I feel like it only makes sense to review that next week, immediately following this one. That way they're boom, boom, uh, in succession. If you like what I do, you can uh, subscribe to the podcast on most podcast apps or find it on YouTube. My YouTube and Twitter are D-A-M-E-K-A-G-E.